Is cash discounting dead? This is the question that I want to answer today for you, whether you're a sales agent or you're an ISO or you're the executive of a processing company. Um, obviously, this is a question I get asked a lot is, what is the deal with cash discounting? And now, of course, with surcharging, which is also gaining a lot of momentum, a lot of big ISOs taking on surcharging. Um, just what's going on in the marketplace right now? And so I wanted to do a video that was more, you know, uh, fresh for the time of like, this is what's happening right now. And I decided to title it, Is Cash Discounting Dead? Because cash discounting as it was known maybe six months or a year ago, and as I was talking about it back then, in some ways actually is starting to die off a little bit. And I want to talk about it though. It's really interesting because it's actually transitioning into some other things. So let's start first of all by defining cash discounting. Why do people do cash discounting? Why do I still sell cash discounting? And here's the thing. Cash discounting is generally predicated on the Durban Amendment, okay? So the Durban Amendment came out and said, nobody, a card brand, you know, nobody can inhibit a merchant from offering a cash discount, a discount or an in-kind incentive to encourage somebody to pay with another form of payment like cash, okay? So if you ask most processors today who are doing a cash discount program or something like it, you know, why do you feel like you're allowed to do that? They'll say because of the Durban Amendment, okay? Well, two things really kind of came to light that have gotten a lot more attention, I feel like, just in the last you know, 60 days, 90 days maybe, that's really changed some of that perception. So the idea there was that what we would do is we would just leave everything the way it is, all the pricing the same. We put a sign up at the counter that would say, we are going to do a price increase on everything. Every purchase is a price increase of, you know, whatever, 3.99%. So instead of paying $100, that item, everything is now raised to 103.99. You know, if it's $100, it's 103.99. It's raised 3.99%. Then we would offer an immediate cash discount, taking it down to, uh, you know, another level to get rid of that 399. So we might do a 3.84% or whatever that would be. And that would, you know, 103.99 minus 3.84% is $100. So the idea was we would make a sign that would raise the price at the register and then immediately discount the price um, and offer a cash discount. That's kind of what cash discounting was like a month or, you know, or, I mean, a year ago, right? Well, the two issues are, number one, in the Durban Amendment, the Durban Amendment does have a definition for discounting. Okay. And so it actually defines the term discount. It says for the purposes of this section, you know, this is what discount means. Now I'm not an attorney. None of this is legal advice, but in my personal opinion, when you read that and we'll put it in the blog at ccsalespro.com so you can read that section. Um, it is a little bit interesting. It really does say, you know, this is the idea of discounting from the regular price that customers have already been informed of. And so it makes it look like the whole just doing the sign for a cash discount may not be compliant under the Durban Amendment. It might be a little bit tricky there. Again, um, it's not absolutely plain because the idea is if we're using the sign to raise the price on everything and that's raising the regular price, you know, it could go either way and it depends. And so I can certainly understand some ISOs who are still doing it that way because, I mean, I could look at that and interpret it and be like, yeah, that's that's compliant. I can also understand ISOs that are saying, no, 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 you can't do that because, again, it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, state that exactly. Then the other thing that happened was Visa came out with their bulletin. And in their bulletin, they seem to really – now, first of all, in this Visa bulletin, people hear a lot about this, a lot of misinformation – nowhere in the Visa Bulletin did Visa say anything negative about the concept of cash discounting. What they said is that a lot of the programs that are in the industry are not actually cash discounting. 
And they said, we, you know, Visa was like, they're fine with cash discounting. They even named a few instances where it's used appropriately and they're good with it. They just said a lot of people are doing it and it's not really cash discounting. And that's where the Visa compliance stuff comes into play. But anyways, in that bulletin, it seemed to really side with the definition that just putting a sign up and adding a service fee and then a discount, that that's not in compliance with Visa rules. And it's because it's not a true cash discount because you're raising the price at the counter instead of where the prices are listed. So what do we do about this? Well, there's a couple of things. I want to give you three things really quick. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about these traditional kind of cash discount programs, right? So they still make a lot of sense of what we call traditional cash discounting. What we've been doing does make a lot of sense for certain verticals. Okay. So for instance, things like, you know, uh, professional services, things where they can easily adjust their price and they can raise the price, their increase the regular price and then offer the cash discount programmatically on an invoice. You know, there's a lot of verticals where that still makes a ton of sense. And it's definitely compliant to do a true cash discount where you're raising the regular price and then offering a cash discount totally compliant, uh, right? If you do that the right way, that makes a lot of sense. The second way though is a lot of larger companies I've seen, a lot of the larger ISOs, I've actually seen them start shifting away from the concept of cash discounting altogether and not going to surcharging. Some have gone to surcharging, which I'm going to talk about next, but many of them, rather than going to surcharging, what they've done is they've gone to something called an in-kind incentive. When you read the Durbin Amendment, it specifically says that it protects the idea of the cash discount or discounting to get somebody to use another form of payment. But right with that, it also says discount or in-kind incentive. What's an in-kind incentive? Well, unfortunately, they did not define that term along with the other terms like discount, which they did define. So we're left to kind of wonder, what did that mean, in-kind incentive? Well, let's think about it. It's clearly not a discount. Otherwise, it would be superfluous because then they wouldn't even need to have that language there. So the in-kind incentive is it's not a discount, but it's another way to incentivize people to pay with cash uh, or some other form of payment, right? So what I've seen is a lot of people are moving towards just having one line item. So instead of saying we're increasing the price across the board and then we're decreasing it with a cash discount, instead they're saying, no, no, this isn't a cash discount at all. It's an in-kind incentive. And we're going to call it a whatever, a non-cash adjustment, a non-cash service fee, a non-cash something. So the idea is rather than trying to say this is a cash discount, which again, if you read the Durban Amendment and their definition of a discount and then you read the Visa Bulletin, that is a little bit shaky ground there to say it's a cash discount. Instead, they're naming the program something else. It's not a cash discount. They're naming it something different. And the idea is they're using something like a non-cash fee. And that non-cash fee is an in-kind incentive, which is clearly protected by the Durban Amendment. And it seems to be something you could apply to everything that's not cash. So the irony is we kind of started with the concept of cash discounting, but within that language, it turned out there's probably a more of a, a solid footing there to do something, a non-cash fee that's actually an in-kind incentive because that's more broadly protected by the Durban Amendment. And again, I've seen a lot of people moving that direction for compliance reasons. So that way, when they get something like the Visa Bulletin and they're like, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not offering an immediate discount. We're not even, this isn't a cash discount program at all. We're just doing a, an in-kind incentive. It's a non-cash whatever, and that's just an in-kind incentive. And so that's incentivizing people to pay with cash, but it's not a cash discount. So that's really interesting. The third thing I've seen is people are starting to go to surcharging. Now, the interesting thing about it is, you know, initially... I, you know, I really like cash discounting programs. I think they're really simple to sell. They're simple to understand. Um, and I like that a lot. But here's the interesting thing. 
if you actually really dive in and get to understand surcharging and how it works, where you're really doing the same thing as like the non-cash adjustment, but you're only applying it to credit cards. You're not applying it to check cards and debit cards. So like signature debit or pin debit, you're not applying it there. Well, those programs ironically can actually help you to get past the biggest objection that you're going to get as you go through the pitch, which is my customers won't like it because they don't carry cash. Well, do you think they they carry a bank card with them, like a card that's attached to their bank account? Well, of course they do. Great. Well, then they have an alternative and they can use that and not have to pay the fee. But when they do choose to use that rewards card or whatever, great. Now, you know, you're collecting it. So what I'm, I'm trying to keep my, my ear to the ground here to listen to the field. And what I'm hearing from salespeople is that for a new salesperson, to be really honest, it's, it's a little easier to understand the cash discount programs or again, non-cash adjustments, whatever you want to call it. It's a little easier for them and simpler to understand that philosophy of just wiping out all your fees. But for the more experienced agents, they can go in with kind of more of a compliance pitch and they can do surcharging and they're actually making more sales. Those sales are a little less profitable though, because you're only applying the fee to part of it. So it's like, you know, maybe 30% less profitable, 40% less profitable to do surcharging, but an experienced agent seems to be able to make like 30%, 40% more sales. So it's very interesting. They're kind of on equal footing in my mind right now of the cash discount programs and the surcharge programs. So I think there's a lot of interesting things here to talk about. Um, I've been doing a lot of consulting around this. I'd be happy to talk with you. Um, if you need me for an hour or two hours of a remote consulting session or come out to your ISO, train your agents, things like that, more than happy to do that. I've helped a lot of ISOs through the transition, uh, setting them up with our tool to do surcharge proposals or cash discount proposals, running pricing uh, models to see the differences. So I'm always here to help. Uh, go to ccsalesper.com and just click on contact us anytime. My name is James Shepard. Cash discounting is not dead, but it has changed a lot. And you're going to continue to see a shift in the industry towards compliance to make sure that everybody is staying above board. Have a great day.